My name's Ben, and I play in the Dillinger Escape Plan, and you are listening to The Interview Show.
my car through Marsh Plains, New Jersey. Nice, nice. Although I don't think you're supposed to be driving while you use your cell phone. I'm, I'm not, and there was a cop behind me. That's why I'm pulling into 7-Eleven right now. All right. Well, welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. And today I have Ben from the Dillinger Escape Plan. Ben, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. Your album is called Option Paralysis, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about where you came up with the album title. Option Paralysis itself just means having so many different options that you kind of freeze and just don't know, uh, you don't pick anything, really. So it's kind of symbolic of the time that we're in right now. We have so much stimulation um, overload, so much information overload uh, that people just don't know what's important anymore, and they don't know what's what they should be paying attention to in a way and um, it's something that affects us a great deal as, as musicians I think it affects everybody who's in some kind of profession that they're passionate about right now because we're, we're at a time now where everybody not only has so much access to information so easily but they also have the ability to put it out there so easily so um, in a way we just feel like it's kind of diluting um, uh, culture and art and uh it's and it's and it's something that bothers us and that we've been thinking about a long time, especially being a band that started before a lot of this stuff was pro- was really was really prevalent. Like uh, before, there was MySpaces and tons of message boards and blogs and YouTube's. Uh, we were a band before there was all that stuff available to us. So there's a little less um, of, of a blueprint out there for how we should be doing things and what was going on in different scenes and around the world. So in many ways, it's been great because we've been able to uh, use this kind of these kind of tools to benefit us, especially a band like us, but at the same time, we feel like it, it, it kind of has affected uh, affected things in, in a negative way as well. Great, great. So can you talk about the last time that you felt that you were in an option paralysis yourself personally? Probably today at the diner. There's about 5,000 things on the menu, and uh, I always end up just getting the same thing because I just it's too overwhelming. <laughs> I just never really try anything different because... I'm just, I just get, I get option paralysis, you know, and <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's pretty representative of our, of our time right now. <laughs> I was listening to another interview where you were talking about it a lot, and you were talking about how now that there's MySpace, YouTube, and there's so much of a proliferation of information that it didn't really leave much to the imagination, and meaning that everybody knew everything about a band before they went and saw it. And I found it interesting that you guys would say that, because you're one of those bands that is known for their unique and, um, Induplicatable live show. <laughs> well, I mean that's something that we try. It's it's one of the reasons we still do things, do this band to this day, is because we hope that we can introduce that level uh, or some level of unpredictability into into the music scene right now. Um, and, and it's the reason why we make music the way we do. It's the reason why we push ourselves all the time. And I th- we definitely think that like you know it, nothing easy is really important. That's something that we've kind of learned in our old age, crotchety old age, you know. <laughs> nothing that's ever been important to us and ever made made any real sense to us as it has ever been something that came easy so we continue to try and put listeners and put ourselves through slightly uncomfortable situations in order to try and create something that pushes the boundaries and challenges people a little bit so that it does make some kind of meaningful impact even if it doesn't make a large impact on the mainstream necessarily yeah I was reading this great quote of yours about how you guys love playing for audiences that don't understand you <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it certainly brings us, keeps us on a, on a, keeps our head in the right place um, every now and again doing that. Um, you know, for one thing, as a band, if you want to survive, you have to constantly get in front of new people. So preaching to the choir doesn't always help, you know. Um, 
but in another sense, it's great to have to really fight for, for, for somebody's attention and fight for a crowd's attention and just make, you know, for us, it's always been more important that we leave an impression more than, you know, make everybody in the world like us or love us. You know, we never wanted to be a band that appealed to everyone. Um, we want to just kind of, uh, you know, like I said, we just want to make sure we made an, an atten- made an impression, and we've always demanded that um, if we had anything to do with it, whether it was whether it was good or bad. So it's definitely true. I think that audiences don't really understand how much power they have over the band's emotional state after a show. When I see bands come off stage and they've had a great show, there's a huge difference from when they've had a more challenging show. Like, we're not a band that, like, I don't necessarily care if a, if a crowd is, like, running around and moshing or dancing around or whatever, you know? Because, I mean, to me, it's like, uh, you know, we're, we're the band, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, to some degree, if, if, that, if there's a lot of that going on in the crowd, there's a level of, like, you know, they're there because it's a cool thing to do as opposed to I really want to see this band perform and I really want to hear this music. So in some respect, um, you know, I don't let that stuff affect me that much, but I don't know. For me personally, when I know that I was the best I could be and things went well and I was in the best possible scenario to, to push myself as far as possible and play as well as I can, um, I feel good. So like, you know, with the kind of show we put on, like, if things don't break for me, or if my guitar doesn't go out, or if this or that, whatever, if there isn't some kind of restricting, constructual thing on stage that's, like, making me feel self-conscious about letting go completely to my... And, and you know, uh, things like that affect my show, personally. But when... But there's definitely, you know, certain scenarios where the whole room and everybody in the crowd is really on the same page, and we really, really appreciate those fans that are super into our band because, like I said, we know it's not easy. We're not an easy sell, and it takes time and effort to actually understand us and like us and kind of like us to that degree where they actually can predict some of the stuff that's going on and really like the songs and know the songs and get stoked and excited for them. We know that it takes a certain level of commitment. So when when kids do really uh, show that kind of enthusiasm, it, we definitely feel like some kind of real unity in the room and it feels good, yeah.
Ben, and I play in the Dillinger Escape Plan, and you are listening to The Interview Show. Nice, nice. Now, speaking of commitment, I was reading, uh, I was talking with your publicist before he patched me into you, and he describes you as the glue that holds the band together. And so I was wondering if, I mean, since Dillinger Escape Plan has gone through so many membership changes over the years, if you could talk about the current lineup with respect to what they bring to the mix. Yeah, well, you know, the majority of the band's been in this band for a really long time by this point. But um, we have had quite a few member changes throughout the years for various different reasons. Um, and uh, I have to say right now, I mean, one of the things about this record that differed from a lot of them is that things were really pretty overall positive surrounding making this record in general. Um, and uh, I think that helped contribute to making an awesome record that we're stoked on. Um, Billy's the newest member of the band. He's a, a drummer. He's really pretty young compared to the rest of us and enthusiastic, has a lot less experience in the touring thing than the rest of us, and he's doing a lot of things for the first time with this band, and it's really exciting to see his energy and fire. He's got this nervous energy that we probably haven't had to this degree since we first started, and, you know, where we were constantly fighting <laughs> for attention and usually playing in front of people who didn't like us or want to see us or hear us, so he's kind of got that attitude because he feels like, you know, everyone's here to see him fail because he is filling such big shoes and he has, we have had some pretty amazing drummers playing this band. So I think that's added an honest, uh, that's been a really positive thing for this band. It's really put, I think, you know, helped push this record to the next level in many ways. Uh, Jeff is our the guitar player. Um, again, not original, but he's been in the band for a couple of years now. He adds a lot to the band. His energy, again, you think he was like a little 17-year-old boy. I mean, the guy's got ants in his pants. The thing that's cool about Jeff is, for, for me, is that uh, he's like, I got him back right now. Hold on a second. Say hi, Jeff. Hey, hi. Um, but, I don't know, he, Jeff's got a real, like, punk and, and hardcore background, and that's something that, like, I haven't really had in the band with me for a really long time, because most of the guys didn't really come from that world that weren't in the original lineup, you know? Um, so... It's really cool to have that kind of attitude, that real DIY coming from just real hard work and just the grind of like getting, just hitting the road and kicking ass and enjoying the process and everything. Um, he was also the lead vocalist and guitar player in his other band, so playing guitar and singing comes super naturally to him. So it's been really great to have someone who can do all kinds of backups and harmonies, and so he can be, you know, seriously like, um, like, uh, is it virtuosic? Is that a word? <laughs> um, Hold up, I gotta stop you here. What did he get at 7 Eleven? What did he get at 7 What did you get? Did you get something at 7 Eleven? Yeah, I think he got a pack of, uh, of, uh, Magnums, Magnum condoms. He, I, for, I had to go in and show ID for him, so I'm assuming it's either that or Tampax or some kind of adult product. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> you have to show ID for condoms? He's got a big, he's got a big, you gotta show ID for condoms. People have been using them for, yeah. In Jersey, it's a very, it's like the Bible, we're in a Bible Belt. They don't like to, you know, encourage safe sex. Turn on! 
Ben, and I play in the Dillinger Escape Plan, and you are listening to The Interview Show. And um, so the band wasn't started with the idea of being famous or, you know, making a living doing this. We didn't play music with the intention of reaching some kind of mass audience, and most of the reason is because I didn't think it was possible, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, I think there has been, since the beginning of this band, you know, something special has happened. Like I said, a, a big a big series of happy mistakes that I was lucky enough to, to you know, I guess rein in and, and help turn into something special. And um, I hope that I, I can keep some kind of ethic of where we came from um, in this band. But at the same time, I, you know, I couldn't do it without anybody else. So, um I don't know if that answers your question. So. It does, it does. And I'm glad that there are bands like you around that are doing something difficult and doing something challenging. I think that's awesome. I've only got two more questions, and I appreciate your time today. Okay. Uh, sure. Your singer, I was reading a quote of yours where you were talking about your singer and how he just got married to a girl who thinks that uh, Britney Spears wrote a Beatles song. How do you get a girl like that to appreciate <laughs> what Dillinger Escape Plan well, is all about? Yeah, well, well, they're not married yet, but uh, they're engaged, and... and um, yeah, no, she, how do you get a girl like Greg's fiance to appreciate the Dillinger Escape Plan? <laughs> you don't, you know, I guess. And I think that's really what we're all about, the fact that, uh, you know, we are not for everyone, and, and there are going to be people out there who just don't appreciate what we do. But in that respect, if it wasn't people like her, I would think that that felt the way that she does about a band like the Dillinger Escape Plan, I would think we were not doing something right, you know? <laughs> Because uh, I mean, I don't. How how could anything artistic and important be understood or liked by everyone? It doesn't make sense, you know. To me, it doesn't mean it's not challenging. It's not pushing anything. It's not taking any risks. If that's the case, so um, I don't think you try to get someone like her to get what we do. You just hope that they can appreciate the hard work that goes into it. Enough about it, you know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Last question. I love to end. She. Uh, oh. Sorry, I was going to say, and that's also the part of the beauty of being in a band like this is that dichotomy of being able to flirt with like a real normal life and you know him being able to go home to her and talk about I don't know whatever they you know maybe she likes gossip girls or something I don't know <laughs> and then him, you know Taylor Swift or whatever and then he can uh, come out on tour and, and uh, kick ass you know and just like be like yeah pretty cool right you know <laughs> Nice, nice. Okay, I love to end the show with the guy that I'm interviewing. In this case, it will be Ben from Dillinger Escape Plan, picking a song from the record, Option Paralysis, and giving a little bit of background on the song. Sure. I, I guess one song that I think a lot of people have been talking about that heard the record and that I'm really excited about is the song Widower, which is one of the songs that Mike Darson played on. Um, it, it's really cool. I think it represents a lot of like where where we have been as a band and where we're going because... All we've ever really wanted to do is get better at doing what we do, just get better at writing songs. And ironically, you know, a lot of people don't even think our music are songs. They just think it's noise. But the reality is is that the biggest challenge for us has always been to constantly incorporate new things into the sound that we've, you know, developed over many years and make it make some kind of sense. And um, I think The Widower is a a great example of us just achieving that to a greater degree. and uh, I think it really is a journey, that song, without sounding um, just jumbled or, or out of place, you know, in a way. Like, uh, and, and that really made me proud that, that we can make a song that varied, that goes through that many different moods and characters and make it all make sense. And um, also working with Mike Gosselin on that, that was a song that um, I wrote completely on the piano. And then having someone like Mike, who's been playing 
piano professionally for over 40 years, come in and do some interpretations of some of that stuff. It was just a huge honor, and it was amazing. And uh, like I said, I think that represents uh, a good idea of, of uh, kind of a mature level of the band, I guess, you know. Yeah! 